With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Josh's Pod 45 this week. Wow. The big four five. Yep. Nice. We're like, what? Five, that's five off 50. It is five off 50. A half century. Wow. A half century of confused ramblings and extremely questionable sound quality. Yeah. Which we, hope, which we think we've solved now. We, but we, we've, we, we've been here before, yeah. though. So. Yeah. And we appreciate that some of you have stuck with us through all of these horrendous sound problems to the point where we're sort of vaguely half decent. Yes. Just once, you know what, Josh, just once, I'd like to start an episode without wondering how long we're going to have to spend discussing high tackles. Um, it's never going to happen. Basically, every week, yeah. we're going to have high tackle chats. With the crushing inevitability of a Murad Bujalal meltdown, this <laughs> won't be that week. As we welcome nope. you again out there, one and all, to your sweary pipe bomb of rugby knowledge, the bloodandmud.com podcast. And I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and he is... Uh, I'm Josh Gardner, like. <laughs> Josh says like too much. We know. We don't care. It's free. I don't care. Don't give um, a fuck. You can you can get <laughs> you can get in touch with the pod like just like uh, Tom Davis did on Twitter. You can get in touch at Blood of Mud uh, if you want to get in touch with me, or you can get in touch with Mud dot com. And if you want to get in touch with Josh, uh, it's at Josh Gardner or indeed at Rugby Shirt Watch. Rugby Shirt Watch. 
A person who did go in touch with us on Twitter, Josh, was Tom Davis. Tom with an H, like the fella from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And he said on Twitter, it's too early to talk about the British and Irish Lions. Correct. Which he's absolutely correct about. Mm-hmm. However, he did suggest, and I like this suggestion, he said, can we have a conversation about who you'd nominate for the shittish Lions? <laughs> So what does that entail? So, well, I don't know. I did, Tom didn't expand or explain himself. However, I'm oh. taking it to entail uh, that it's a selection of people who are, would be in the shittish yeah. Lions team. Okay, so like the worst possible British and Irish touring side that you could possibly well, imagine. possibly, or certainly a very bad one. Now, yes. I've been trying to think about some rules to go along mm. with this in terms of how we're going to actually do it. Mm. And my thoughts are this, that it's people who have... Are either currently playing international rugby, or yep, are still, sense. or are still playing, and have played international rugby in the past, plus a bolter, because the traditional okay, lions yeah, bolter. Okay. Now I'm with you. Forwards. Yeah. Props. Prop mm-hmm. David Wilson. It's <laughs> good choice. Hooker Ross Ford. Oh, nailed on. It was an actual line anyway, so we'll probably I mean, go yeah. anyway. That's the other <laughs> That's, thing. Yeah. Other one, Thomas Francis. Yeah, fair enough. Because I'd like to see him do that thing where he like floats on top of the scrum like he did against England that time. Yes. Second rose, Mm. Lou Reed. (laughs) Oh, good choice. Yes. Who I think is still playing. Yeah, I think he might be in Japan now. Is he in Japan now? Yeah, that counts. Big boy Jim Hamilton. Obviously. Good for a red. Good for a red. Yeah. I go for a fight, which is what we like. Yeah. Or one one need not follow the other. I mean, no. let's face it. Back row. Mm-hmm. Tom Wood. Yeah. Dan Lydiot. Current form. <laughs> yeah. On current form. Yeah. Again, yeah. he might go anywhere because it's Gatland who's coaching, by the way. He's ACL'd, it's fine. Who'd be the number eight, Josh? <sighs> well. Well. I mean, there are options. Chubby oh, Tommy, I'd gone for. Oh, of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Chubby well, Tommy stretching the beautiful Canterbury 2017 line shirt across that ample gut. Yes, they're pushing the jersey to its limits. To its absolute limits. The... Um, scrum half, Greg Laidlaw. <laughs> yeah. Because if one thing you need against with playing against New Zealand, it's glacially slow, <laughs> glacially slow ball. Yeah. I couldn't make my mind up with the outside half. I'm torn mm. between two. Mm. Ian Keatley. Oh, that's a good shout, yeah. Duncan Weir. See, Duncan Weir was the first name that popped into my head. <laughs> See, the Scot- our Scottish listeners are going to think we've got something against them in this. But no, well, you're always complaining that there's not enough Scots in the Lions team. <laughs> yeah, so that's very true. Yeah. You, You've got you what go. you wanted, finally, yeah. Half-back partnership. There's not that yeah, many t- Scots so far. Can you I'm imagine what... You know, tiny Duncan Weir would do when faced with any of New Zealand's massive centres and wingers running at him. I mean, other than cower in a tiny little ball. I just want to see that slightly round necklace gait that he has <laughs> in, a, in a lion's top. Yeah. Because I think with, I that, new, with that new collar on the shirt. The new it, collar it, is yeah. not built for tiny men with no neck. It's not, no. No. So, uh, so yeah, Duncan Weir or Ian Keely. I'll take either of those for the I mean, shittish take lions. Take them both. Take them both. Uh, Wing, come on, you know it's going to be. If it's not Alibri, I'm going to be very angry. No, it's not. It's Alex Cuthbert, but that would be a brilliant call, wouldn't both. it? Why, why do you have to choose? That's true. You could Alibri both win. one Ali... wing, Alex Cuthbert oh, the other. Would be brilliant. But you see, you'd have to be a bolter, Alibri. I've already got one of them. He would. 
Yeah, um, fair enough. So Cuthbert on one wing. I've yeah. gone for Marlon Yard on the other wing. Yeah. But again, he could actually go. <laughs> that was worrying, isn't it? Um, centres, Brad Barrett, captain and defensive leader. Obviously, in case of that saying. To shut down, you know, mm-hmm. those uh, New Zealand, those very static New Zealand attackers. Yep. Outside centre, Keith Earls. Obviously, a rock. A rock. <laughs> a rock <laughs> of wonderful, sensible opinion as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlon, you have already mentioned. And then me bolters at fullback. Oh, I right. I think it's his time to come forward, Stuart Hammersley. <sighs> that is... I mean, what's what's the... Send them as the dirt tracker team. What's the worst what's that could happen? What's the worst could happen? I mean, they'll get 70 points put on them by every Super Rugby team they... Yeah, come up against the super rugby under seventeen side probably, but even so, yes. So there you go: David Wilson, <laughs> Ross Ford, Thomas Francis, Lou Reed, Jim Hamilton, Tom Wood, Dan Lydiot, Chubby Tommy, Waldrum, Greg Laidlaw, Ian Kingley, or Duncan Weir. Take your pick. Take your pick. Alex Cuthbert, Ali Brew. Take your pick. Brad Barrett, Keith Earls, Marlon Yard, and Stuart Hammersley. A, Ladies and gentlemen, your shittish Lions touring that team. That's a wonderfully mediocre rugby team. That is. Glorious. It, yeah. I mean, it's just a shame that some of the, the more really sort of imagine if Chris Patterson was still playing Oof. to be the he would be the perfect fullback in that team, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would be the perfect fullback, wouldn't he? Imagine <laughs> him having to bang Surveyor as he comes trundling through the line. <laughs> Good luck with that, pal. Yeah. Speaking of mediocrity, yes. Uh, James Haskell is not dead. <laughs> Apparently not. I, I am I the only one that was slight. I, I didn't even know that he was supposed to be dead in the no, first No, this place, completely to be passed me by. I know people don't believe me, but I'll say it again out there just to make one. I do not actually follow every move of his news, so I didn't know <laughs> there'd been any news about him dying until my brother-in-law. Hello, Stu, if you're listening, I know you won't be. My brother-in-law actually copied that, tagged me on a Facebook post saying, "Look, sorry, Lee, but he's he's not dead." And I was like, "I've got no <laughs> idea what you're talking about." But actually, now I do realise it is. But I, can I just be clear, right? Okay. He does my head in, and he, uh, we've mentioned before, he's the worst kind of egomaniac who doesn't like it when people have a go at him. Mm. He's like Donald Trump, basically. He basically a, is. A, I mean, a, Haskell... A ferocious egomaniac, no, no, no. and yet incredibly brittle of stature and personality. Yes. Um, but I definitely don't wish that he was dead, and I would never, <laughs> ever wish that on him. I want no. to make that very clear right now, okay? Yeah. Hand Although, to God, I don't wish that he's dead. Although after he did that... that post Grand Slam tweet that was really quite obviously aimed at you. Or people like um, me. Probably that other side that takes the piss well, out of him. He's blatantly it, thinking about you, let's be honest. He is probably uh, now every time him. he sort of goes up and sort of sticks it to the haters, I always imagine <laughs> that he's direct, well, addressing you absolutely directly. Alvaro on Twitter got in touch at Blood and Mud and said um Quote James Haskell, I'm not dead, and for those who wish I was, better look next time. And See, this as, is what as I mean. Alvaro said, the second part of that sentence tells you all you need to know. He said, well, yeah, that one he knows people would wish him dead. That's not one of me. <laughs> but the fact that even then he's still going to get this kind of snippy revenge in, hasn't he? Going, oh, yeah, no, I wish I was dead. A, he's such a chippy fucking... <laughs> oh. I mean, part of me thinks, is it beyond the realms of possibility? I didn't see any of this, you know, stuff that he was 
allegedly dead or whatever. Is it beyond the realms that he made all this up because nobody's talking about him anymore because he's not playing for England? Wasps are fine without him. England's fine without him. Everybody's realised that they don't need James Haskell in their lives. So he's sort of just gone like, well, maybe I'll manufacture a little bit of controversy. Um, he's... Is it beyond the realms? That's all I'm saying. I don't, I, I don't believe it's beyond the realms, no. I will say that much. I do think. <laughs> I don't think it actually is, but um, I think he is enough of an egomaniac to potentially do it. Yes, so James Haskell is not dead, and we're probably back in, that. we'll be back in the England squad for the Six Nations, no doubt. Hooray, what fucking brilliant news that is, by the way. <laughs> Speaking of things that depress you and things that might need to cheer you up, let's have a talk about beer. Yes. As you know, we've got a lovely sponsorship deal here on the pod, and if you want to get yourself £10 off over this Yuletide period, because let's be honest, your family are going to be in the house and you're going to want oh to drink God, yourself. Oh, God, if there's, ever, if there's yeah. ever a time where you need a few beers, it's going to be in the next three weeks. Yeah, you want to drink yourself blind or deaf, basically. Or both. Or both, indeed. So, yeah. so order two boxes. Get yourself £10 off each box. <laughs> save yourself 20 quid. So go yeah. to beer52.com, use the code BLOODMUD10, and they will deliver mm-hmm. so a lovely selection of Christmas Yuletide craft ales. Could- could even get it as a present for someone special about in your life that way yes you could get it as a mm. present for i don't know your mother-in-law or your brother-in-law that you yeah. don't like maybe Somebody someone that like you that you just want to them to simmer down a little bit yeah just relax maybe Take, get it as a present your... for your for your nephew who's seven who let's be honest is a tit we you probably yeah. love him you probably yeah. love your nephew who's seven but you quite you yeah. you'd quite happily lock him in the coal shed if it was up to you yeah, so give him some nine percent beer E numbers will just melt away. Give him one of those craft beers that's called something like, you know, arrogant wankstain or something, and basically get that into him. <laughs> I'll send that to Haskell, I think. But uh, there, yeah. So yeah, beer52.com, Blood Mud 10. It's a great deal for great product. And you get a magazine with it as well, Josh. Mm-hmm. You get Ferment Magazine, it's and we've good. had it from you. you and very nice. From you who knows about yes, magazines. It's, it's, I'll, I'll level with you. Lovely paper stock. Lovely paper stock. Do you have to discuss things like that in the magazine office when you're there? Oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. I get I get well jealous of people that have got better paper stock than my magazine. Mm. What about is, does your magazine have a font like a specific font it has to use, or is it changeable depending on the feature? Um, yes. Yeah, we have fonts. We have layouts. All that. All that jazz. It's uh, it's almost like we're sort of we we know what we're doing to an extent. I yes, mean, almost. Yes, almost. Ladies and gentlemen, you do know on other pods you don't get this kind of bants. Yeah. You know that, don't you? You don't get insider magazine chat. <laughs> no, you, no, you definitely dying, do not. Dying Industries 101. Um, yeah. Is it so dying that badly, in all seriousness? Is it dying that badly? Well, I just find my page that I need to catch up to to see what um, I was up to. I mean, yeah, it's all right. It was a lot. As it, as it plateaued, reports, about, reports of our demise were greatly exaggerated. As it plateaued, it do we think? We think it was yeah, a problem. Yeah, I'm fine now. with plateauing. That's... Plateauing's lovely. That's my aim in life. Yeah, Please let me plateau. plateau. Easy plateau. Right. Let's, <laughs> yeah, we should probably talk about rugby now. Let's talk we? about rugby instead of magazines, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's look at the stuff for the weekend, shall we? Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm just wearing my, my Pro 12 hat a little bit, but I think that was a fucking fantastic weekend of rugby. Um, like, quality, people... intensity in spades, some big results, some some surprising results. I thought it was a fucking good weekend of european rugby it's i really what enjoyed you want it. the european weekend to be isn't it basically you know, yeah because you, you know it certainly is what sky and the like want the weekend to be when they run mm. 900 trailer adverts 
like it's basically a battle for the end of the world. So it's quite, it's quite. <laughs> well, they're probably quite pleased it's, it's it's come out this way. But actually, yes, it was a fantastic weekend with some fantastic games. Yeah, and it was a, it's a weekend that I mean it's kind of been away all season to a, a, a lesser extent. But this weekend was the weekend that I felt that we find of a level playing field with every like it's not like last season was a bit of a bad year for a variety of reasons for mm. probably for pro 12 rugby and for European rugby as a whole, I think, because it just seemed like the French and the English teams were just beating everyone to death with their vastly superior wallets. When I and... look back on that now, I tend to think that a lot of it was a, pers- I think people had a perception issue after the end yeah. of the Heineken Cup, I think people had almost decided it was going to be a bit rubbish, so therefore it was. Yeah, and also, I mean, people people talked a little bit at the time about the Rugby World Cup and everything, but there's no getting away from the fact that the Pro 12 teams, due to the lack of you know the mm. smaller number of teams they're dealing with, they do get hit more severely by international call-ups, and quite a lot of the test players that played all the World Cup last year were fucking knackered by sort of Six Nations time and it kind of showed. Yeah. Um but yeah, it does feel this year that it's a bit more balanced. It's not I'm not saying that you know all the Pro 12 teams are amazing, but it doesn't you know but clearly this year not all of the English teams and not all of the French teams are amazing either. There's a bit more balance, you know. Yeah, and I would hope. I would hope that the best team in the Pro 12 should give a fucking dicking to a team in the premiership that is arguably one of the worst performing teams of the you know in, in saints you know yeah that and yeah you would and i think to be honest there was a period of time or well, certainly last year where that wasn't the case wasn't it you couldn't exactly. you couldn't actually be but actually that is absolutely true if you're going to be taken seriously as an international league the one that's top of your league has to be the one that's middling from the other one exactly yeah yes, and, and right. i think that we've seen a bit more of that balance slightly redressed as you know i'm not saying that they're not you know teams like saracens are probably still better than leinster or munster hmm. And, that's you fine. Know, you can expect that's, the, that, fine. that's fine. That's, you know, Real Madrid are better and Bayern Munich are better than a lot of other teams because they're kind yeah. of outliers. That's, yeah, that's the reality that's, of it at the minute. Like Toulon yeah. were for years. They were outlying. Yeah, but the sixth best team in, in the Prem or the top 14 shouldn't be dishing out hammer-ins to the best team in the Pro 12, you know, in a no. perfect world. I think we have somewhat restored that balance this year, I hope, anyway, because I think it's better for the Cup because it makes it for... Everybody knows that the cup is better when it's a bit more diverse, when it's a bit more representative of all of Europe. And, you know, that's good. And and this weekend, I feel that was when it, it really hit its straps again this year for me and probably typified most by that Ulster-Claremont game, which was fucking sensational. It was absolutely pulsating, a word they like to use on the telly. But yes, that was... <laughs> they used that about all kinds of things, but actually this was genuinely this a pulsating was genuinely pulsating, yeah. I mean, and Ulster finally lived up to my best line back line in Europe claim that I made. It starts here. Yes, we go it, from yeah. here, lads. We lift from here, as they would say, and this is it. <laughs> Indeed. Did but you yeah, see like that last cost... that last drive, Charles Beatows? It was it was ludicrous. <laughs> it's genuinely obscene. It was it? absurd as well. He just kept yeah. kind of bumping into things and falling over yeah. and getting back up again. It was just like, it was unbelievable. I don't know. I still don't know how he sold that dummy quite so convincingly. Or yeah. how they bought it, because it was 
I mean, he was never going to give that a pass. And yet everyone, <laughs> hook, line and sinker. There it can was, be miracles when you believe, as Whitney Houston well, once said. I mean, so, yes. That is the thing. He is the best. I think he is the best player in Europe, in my opinion. There is something to be said about defenders and... thinking that that looks ridiculous, but it's him. Yeah, he you, could you, do you don't it. discount anything with him, no. do you? And Although, to be honest, his passing isn't the thing, thing that he does. But even so, it puts that element of doubt in the mind, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and you know, he was very good. But McCloskey, Marshall, Jackson, Pienaar, they were all brilliant, mm. I thought. And the forwards were like Henderson, Best, Henry, Diak. I was bashed. Like, as a 1-5 to or 1-22 to even, you know, they absolutely took it to Claremont. They were ruthless. They were relentless. It was brilliant to watch. And Claremont were very good in... In fits and starts, admittedly, but yeah, it it all came together to make a very very entertaining it was, it game. Was, I it thought was a, it was a wonderful game. I did see I did see Munster Lens Munster. Should we start again? I did say see, see Munster Leicester. I did see that game. Which <laughs> yeah. Speaking of did not, not did, did did not go the way that I expected it would go. And in no. fact, well, I didn't have a problem with Munster winning. No, I didn't, I didn't think... expect a massive duck egg from Leicester. No, I mean every every week I seem to keep asking, like how long can Munster sustain this emotional energy thing that's driving them to win? But I don't even think that's fair anymore. Like no, I it's don't not. I mean, think... and I think yeah, I, there's an element of is what Razzie Erasmus is doing coming to fruition now yeah. and, and embedding itself because you can't just keep winning. I don't care how emotionally uplifted or whichever way or inspired you might want to look at it of the memory of a dead hero. You you can't, you know, you're going to get pasted if you don't have to play rugby. You know, it's not, you can't do that over this many games. No, exactly. Although, like, you know, yeah. don't discount it. I mean, Bristol might want to find a club legend and, you know, bump him off. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that might be a way forward. But it's too awkward much, to say, too far. Like, they were, they were a shit, they were a moribund bag of shit. Like they lost at home to Cardiff. At the start of the season, that's not yes. yeah, monster were shambles. They were total shambles. Yeah, and and like you say, it doesn't like as tragic and as horrible and as as sort of motivating as as the Axel Foley passing thing is. Like you say, it's not going to sustain them forever. But what they've clearly done, I think, is they've used that what is obviously a very tragic and and very like uniting thing to really it's it's caused like the leaders in the squads have obviously like mm. it's felt like that squad has lacked leaders for a couple of years now. I think Mar Armani coming back regularly. Yeah, Armani's made it a big difference, but Standers made a big difference. Connor Murray's made you know, they've stepped up, they've become the leaders that this squad and they found what Munster's identity is all about again. I noticed you know, they, in the game that Standers chest is about three times deeper than it is wide. It's crazy, isn't it's it? Like, it's like the front of his chest to the back of his spine looks He's like it's about like three a, feet. A walking bank safe. It's really bizarre, <laughs> it's, and yet quite a bit pacey with it, and quite mobile. It's really odd. I, it, every time I watch him play, I just think, how how did South Africa let him go? Not big enough, apparently. Only in South wow. Africa can can that be. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for starters, look at how fucked South Africa are now and how desperately they could use a player and a leader of his calibre. Yeah, because and, also just... and he can defend around the fringes of a rook. Yeah. You know, which is yeah, something they're clearly struggling with. So. At, at best for a lot of <laughs> South African back row players. But yeah, I mean, they, they used all whatever is driving them, be it emotion, be yes. it just finally clicking as a team, be it rediscovering their identity, they did use it to absolutely stamp... 
and they all just played over the remnants of Leicester's aura. Incredibly like, sensible rugby. Yeah, incredibly sensible rugby. Anything that's, that's what that's what Munster always used to do. Yes, they're not going to fuck around. They're not going to throw it around in their own twenty-two or anything stupid. They're just going to beat you into submission with incredibly sensible. Yeah. I'll just keep incredible. turning you round all game. You yeah. play from there. You son. will run and get tired, and <laughs> I will jog, and I will not be as quite as tired. It's, yes, I will yeah, jog I mean... after my own kick while you turn round and chase it all game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I mean this probably turns the seat, the temperature on Richard Cockerell's seat up a couple of notches as well. Too, let's face it, because getting, I mean, I know it's Tillman Park, but getting nilled away. No, there's no excuse the... for that. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't no, care. I don't care how emotionally abs- uplifted Munster are and how well they're kicking. That's an absolute disgrace and should be called out no. as such. <laughs> it was I mean, it was a shame. In fairness, he did put his hand up and say it was an absolute fucking shocker. But yeah, you've got to wonder what's happened to Leicester. Like they looked good last season. Well, <laughs> and I mean, they got put... they got into the playoffs last season, didn't they? Just about. Well, yeah, they got to, and they got to the the. Uh, the, the semi-finals they made it to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got through to the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got through. Well, they always do somehow, don't they? That's, that's yeah. A, we talk about, we talk about auras. They've been living off basically a kind of miasma of their previous... They've been shrouded this miasma of their previous achievements for about the past four seasons and somehow still managing oh, yeah. to get up there or thereabouts, despite looking a little bit poo. So it's... Uh, and know, this was a team that made it to the semi-final of the Prem and the semi-final of the Champions Cup last year. I still don't know how they did it. Mad. Because they never looked that good last year. No, they've not they looked good for about three years. It's no, just all I think it's year. just purely their own reputation. You know, we yeah. are Leicester and we don't fucking lose, you know. <laughs> Lots to be said for it. I mean, well, Absolutely. although they do lose on Saturday because it was yeah. horrific. Speaking to uh speaking of teams that have slightly lost their aura actually, uh Racing versus Glasgow. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> Glasgow are a very boom or bust kind of team this season it seems like one week they you know will be absolute dog shit and then the next when you know when they boom in the boom and bust fuck me they boom yes um and they were brilliant like michael milner watts got in touch on twitter saying that finn russell made dan carter look very ordinary no, he did. I mean, Dan Carter just scored that very nice try, which kind of real rolled back the years. But yeah, I mean, you've got to give it. Finn Russell is a big game player, and he seems to rise to the occasion a little bit. And like, there are Dan Bigger's mojo has left him for that big game play type thing, and and got into Finn Russell because it certainly Maybe. ain't in Dan Bigger anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, exactly. But like, I mean. Dan Carter, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Dan Carter is very much in his post-imperial phase now. Um, <laughs> yes. But he's still fucking Dan Carter, and not yes. many players, not many other fly halves will outshine him. Maybe Ali Williams him. has had a week off, and Dan did carry his own bag. And I know, he's just had a, to like, That was a little 10%, 5% difference that was always needed to, <laughs> to drop his performance down a bit. No, and, and that's, yeah, it's... What can you say? Like he had thirteen points, nice little try assist. Uh, he's he's a very good, very good young ten, and I st- I'm still sort of slightly on the fence about him because he does he gets up for these big games and then will sort of recede <laughs> into the background yeah, for the rest of the season. Yeah, he can be slightly anonymous, but actually, if you look at if you look at the tools to put mm. it that way, he has got them all, hasn't he? 
It's, it's, you know, it's, it's absolutely hands are great, feet are good, decisions can be good. His defense is actually people don't talk it's about his defense lad. much, but yeah, he's a, he's he defends fun. well. Given that yeah. he's probably got the worst looking arms in professional rugby I've ever seen, <laughs> it looks they like he needs to eat about fourteen jars of peanut butter a week and get down. Yeah, the gym. well, that's he kind of needs to have good tackling technique there because yeah, there's because no he, way he's stopping any yeah, fucker he, with his arms. And he's he does got it with the shoulder. He? he does. He does. Um, yeah. Because if you remember, but it was yeah. Peter Horn in the the Australia game that didn't mm. trust that Russell was going to stop, you know, his guy. And he did. He'd been stopping him all game. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's that it's that um, drifting well, in and out issue. Yeah. And you can't really you put your house on that, it, can you? No, but when you think that this time last year, well, more than the because they were in the group with Glasgow last year, weren't they? And Racing absolutely battered them in Paris and made them look very silly. And to go to their patch and knock them over is a massive statement of intent. And they might actually make... I mean, I wouldn't bet against anyone but Munster in this group, but they could potentially get to the knockout stages if they, hmm. you know, if things fall their way. And I don't think they ever done that before. I don't think they have, which seems no, weird. No, I for don't a team. believe they have. Edinburgh have made it to a semi-final, which is hilarious when you think about it. But um, Do you remember that year? Is it Ulster oh, they lost to? Lost to Ulster in the semi. Yeah, I think it might have been. Or did they? I can't even remember. I'm sure somebody who that was that one year when everything just well the world just went insane. It was the Leicester City. Yeah, it just and and then they immediately returned to being a bit rubbish. Yeah, although they're doing all right this season. But even so, yeah. it's um, you know it was just odd. They seem to be this kind of dominant no, force in Europe no for about time. half an it hour. Even less sense on reflection. Yes, quite. Uh, yes, they did lose. It was uh, 2012. They lost to. Uh, they beat Toulouse in the quarterfinal that and then lost it. to Ulster. They lost to Ulster, yeah. Fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yes, it would be nice. I think I'd be quite rooting for Glasgow to make. I um, thought that uh, Stuart Hogg was very good, as usual. But I particularly liked the fact that he basically shouted at the scrum half um, that the post was unprotected for their... Uh, their second try and basically pointed at it and said, put it there. And then the scrum was like, oh, yes, I'll just put it against the base of the post. And then touched his nose and pointed after he put it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Then anything else on that? Or shall we talk about Northampton? (laughs) I suppose we're going to have to, aren't we? I mean, can we? We can't talk about the game without talking about the incident. So should we probably just start Let's just get that out of the way, shall we? Yes, it was late. Yes, it was high. Yes, it was a swinging arm. Yes, it was dangerous. No, Sean O'Brien didn't duck into it. No, it's not the same as the Sam Kane one. <laughs> I shouldn't need to clarify these things, but Twitter tells me apparently I need to. So, yeah, there we go. It was also an absolutely vicious swinging arm. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, um, I don't know about you, but I feel like order and balance has somewhat been restored to the universe. Well, it'd be interesting to see um, what Banny's going to get now because he can't claim, you know, I'm not normally like this, can he? Because I think he got well, banned. No. The last time he got banned, it was bad because they obviously just like unfurled the scroll and let it roll across the floor of his previous <laughs> disciplinary record. And then, yeah, but I, I mean, I wouldn't even pretend. Like, yes, he's been a choir boy for the last 11 months, but that's felt like some sort of weird mirror universe shit. And, you know, we are back to. Everybody reverts to type in the end. I say that a lot on this pod, but 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, you should get banned. I wouldn't even pretend to guess how long because I've seen this movie before and the answer depends on the quality of the biscuits that they're hearing, the alignment of the stars and whether um, Hartley's wearing a tie or not. And when England's first game in the Six Nations is likely to be. Um, a little bit that too. I mean, <laughs> is he going to get an England captain bonus in this? And that will be interesting to see. As in what, you'll get more of a ban because you should know or better because you're an international captain. Depends yeah. which way you look. I suppose it could go either way, couldn't it, actually? Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, people have been talking around eight weeks. I don't know. I mean, there's there's no way on earth that there should be any talk of ban reduced because of his good con- conduct in the fucking well, it'll, hearing. It will all be based around the type of incident, won't it? and whether mm. it's considered the, the level at which he engaged in that type of incident. So the Argentinian prop the other week who stamped on his on the, um, the England guy's face mm. was seen as quite a high-level yeah. incident. I would probably agree with that. Yeah, and, it's, and it's so, a high tariff, isn't it? So the interesting, and this is where I think the problem becomes with the disciplinary hearings, is that that's the stuff that nobody can really predict because they've got to sit down and say, right, it definitely was a f- was foul play. Wow. Nobody's going to really tell anything, any, anything other about that. Well, we don't think so, let's be honest. It'll yeah. then be about wh- where, which quartile, if you like, of of offence does it become and plus mm. aggravating factors and all that kind of stuff. I imagine yeah. you'll go in and say, I'm very, 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 very sorry. Very sorry. You won't do that the Argentinian prop did and go and say, no, I don't realize, I don't, I don't recognise that as a piece of foul play at all. <laughs> I mean, I've got a respect. I can imagine with that one. Imagine, you there. can just imagine the barrister chairing going, oh, yeah, nice one, Enrique. Like, <laughs> yeah. going, oh, oh, so, oh, you're being serious. All oh, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, all right. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I look at it and thought it's somewhere between a medium and high level of severity. I would a... I would say whatever we may think of it, that's probably how they're going to see it. Yeah. I would say. Which and probably so, leads to... So, and what would be the maximum ban for whamming someone in the head with a stiff arm? You're probably maximum looking... ban can be up to 52, but the start point is about eight, which is what so, I... But... So yeah, I reckon you'll probably get more than that, but then they might do that thing where they give you shitloads and reduce it. I'm, You've been banned for 37 me. years, however, we've reduced it to 12 weeks. I never quite understand that. <laughs> yes, because of your good conduct in the oh, hearing. Unless yeah. you actually take a shit on the desk, what is. <laughs> yeah, because who conduct? does. Who, I'd love to, again, fly on the wall. Who would behave badly in such a hearing? In, in a disciplinary hearing. I with mean, a you see it in magistrates' court, don't you? When you see the lads in tracksuits who've got it, who are just like effing and blinded at the magistrates and shout at their hmm. lawyers and their mums from the dock, you know. Yeah. I'd love to see that kind of behaviour, but like yeah, sat with a lawyer from the RFU. Scallies have really expensive legal representation <laughs> that's telling them to do the exact opposite of that. Yeah, no, it's it's very silly. But then they ignore it anyway, because that's just what yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah, that would be brilliant. Um, the actual game, though, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with Saints? <laughs> Genuinely, yeah, every passing week they seem to get worse and plumb new depths of shite. Like, and George North had his head smashed in again as well. Well, yeah, George, George North has been stood down for his own health and possibly just because it's not fair making him take part in this. <laughs> he probably pretended to be knocked out so he wouldn't have to take part <laughs> in this fucking nightmare anymore. Yeah. I mean, I've been slightly critical about Wales potentially getting Alex King in this week as their new attack coach. Um, because they can't make their fucking mind up again. But honestly, when they sacked him back before the start of the uh, Champions Cup... They looked like a rugby team, which is really... That's the only ambition that they've got now. significantly less of a rugby team now. Yeah, exactly. The only one who looks like they give a fuck is Tom Wood, which is saying a lot. 
Yeah. Like, that's really weird. <laughs> but It's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Leinster terrible. were very good. They were they were very... Clint, like, they should have won that game. Like, in the end, Hartley getting his red card probably gave that a more reflective scoreline of how the game went. Because when they were sort of winning by, like, four or five points, it was in no way representative no. of how much better they were than Saints. They were just not very... They weren't capitalising on their chances, but... Saints are a fucking mob. It's incredible. Yeah, they're a total shower. It's unbelievable. It's well, well, it's not that as I keep saying, it's not that unbelievable because I tipped them for the playoffs this year, so it's absolutely <laughs> believable they turn into a complete shower. So, um, but yeah, so we wait yeah. and see on the Hartley thing. I'm assuming the outcome will be sometime this week because they tend to turn these things around quite quickly. While we're to, speaking yeah, about it. people getting cards for things on heads and things, Wasps Connacht. Let's finish on that one. Um, yeah, good game. Another good game. It I was thought. another good game. I do like Connacht. They seem to be getting. There was a, there was a wonderful uh, back row gasm for uh, the Connacht try <laughs> when Muldoon yeah, picked it was. up and just popped it to um, Marmion, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Lovely uh, old school back row stuff. Loved it. It was a really good game to watch. And because... Sky missed it because he'd gone to one of those fucking pointless touchline interviews with some fucking pointless person <laughs> on the touchline, and he was sort of saying something about the lads and as a unit and all that fucking shit, and then basically. They went, oh, and there goes Marmion, sort of thing. And it was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Here's an idea. If you must do that, wait till a break in play. Yeah. Here's an um, idea. If you must do and... that, don't. <laughs> or, or, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but no, um, a really good game. Like, I, I could watch Wasps all day long, to be honest with you. Yes. And I could probably watch Connacht all day long as well. So uh, another game of that next week so... is... is... Curtly Beale's card. Let's just do it quickly on that one. No, basically. No, it wasn't. I don't believe so either. No, I think it was very, very, very soft. I'm going to say it again, just so I can say it again one last time, hopefully. I'm not saying that because it'll happen again next week. If we're going to card things like that because they're saying that the player has to take responsibility for where his arm ends up or where he ends up hitting the person, it will just lead to them not tackling like that anymore. And that is basically just a tackle. You're telling them to stop tackling. Tackling, yeah. So they will not tackle over the ways because they're too frightened of having a card. Now, if that's what world rugby want, and I don't know if it is, but I can't think of any other reason because that's where it's going to go. And if, yeah. if, if that's what they want, then they're probably going to get there. If it's not what they want, they need to seriously sit down soon and talk about this because, of course, nobody wants to get in, people getting their heads knocked off course not but that but was just a tackle i found myself worryingly and alarmingly agreeing with austin healy's column this week which as we've said before i mean that's 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 a moment of deep personal concern for me when that happens but he you know he was basically saying the same thing you know there is what there is no way to make rug like world rugby seem to want to make the game safe Yes, and there is no way to make rugby completely safe because it is a contact sport that is very physical and, let's be honest, violent. And there is no way to stop injuries. There is no way to ensure that you know, yeah, that somebody is not going to come off worse in a tackle. There are ways that we can ensure that players are not being reckless. There are ways because that Hartley's we can ensure that reckless. unnecessary risks are not taken. 
but yeah, Hart- you know, none of the players want this. Hartley's was was reckless. He came flying in, swinging yeah. his arm, and was I mean looking to smash him, but actually, yeah, there was a lack of control. Yeah, Beals wasn't like that at all. No. He just came in trying to put a tackle in, and then the bloke's head suddenly yeah. appeared there. Yeah, and it was unfortunate, but there's got to be so, a little bit so of the logic. Then is empathy tackling somebody is reckless, and that is no logic at all. Well, no, so not I don't. For I don't. Know, I don't it's so no. frustrating because I don't know where to go with it because that is what you are saying. Tackling no, is reckless. That is where we are rapidly heading, and I don't understand like. Unless the only way that I can sort of see to do it is if World Rugby empowers its referees instead of saying, if this looks like this, this is a penalty and a yellow card. Hmm. Instead of just, instead, they need to take a leaf out of the Nigel Owens book and go, if this looks like this, exercise a little bit of common sense and empathy and see if you think that that was something that was reckless and dangerous or just a result of rugby. But then that leads to inconsistency, which fans exactly. and, the, and the governing body hate. Absolutely, which is why we're in a bit of a catch-22 situation. Yeah. I don't, I'd rather have inconsistency, to be honest. I it's a human, it's a in... human game. It's an inconsistent game. Players sometimes yeah. perform badly, referees sometimes perform badly. Live with it. I think fans would be much... Because we don't want to get into a state where we're like football, where, you know any sort of contact is deemed to be a foul. And it's a red card immediately. Yeah, and, you know, any, any sort of contact, in the, you know, to players or, you know, pundits and fans go, oh, it's contact in the box, though, so it's definitely a penalty. Well, fuck that. No, it's not. But was it actually, you know, did he actually do something that stopped him from doing the thing? And we don't want rugby to become this thing where any kind of contact in certain ways is an instant yellow card or red card or penalty. You know, we want our officials to have a little bit of empathy for the game and for how fucking hard this game is. You know, not just... Mm. It's hard for them to referee and it's hard to play to get it right, to get your body angles right every time, you know. And sometimes you do mess up and it's reckless or it's a little bit dangerous. Penalty, fair enough. But, you know, we're going to be playing fucking nine versus nine if this carries on for, you know, every game. And it's just... It's when good when, enough, when you said take a leaf out of the Nigel Owens book, I thought you meant not knowing who Garrett Steenson was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm well, he is quite he is quite an anonymous that. achiever, Garrett Steenson, isn't he? <laughs> he is you know, so fair enough to Nigel. It is kind of like, so I've, you know what? I've never I've never noticed you there before. Are you, are you, we, have you been just, here all game? Just quietly, you know, quietly and efficiently yeah. going about your business. Who? Hello, I'm Nigel. Who are you? <laughs> Like, it's it's yeah. I I must he must have refereed him before. It's it's well one. I've never seen that happen before. Full no. stop. No. Or was it, was it just again? Nigel knew exactly who he was, but he knew he'd get on Twitter. Yeah. Because he does yeah. love a bit of that, Nigel, doesn't he? he does we all love him, but he does that. love that, doesn't he? Yes. He he is nothing if not uh, aware of his audience. I think Quite. is the yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that actually. I think again, it's a human game. That's exactly. his personality. Like that I'd love coming. to have a bit more of that. It's not all about you. Well, yeah. actually, mate, it fucking is. Because yeah. if the referees weren't there to do this, this game would be <laughs> fucking over. We exactly. can find any set of fucking idiots to run around with the ball because anybody's going to do that. Me and you could do that. <laughs> no bugger wants to referee. Fuck no. 
It's like exactly. that. I've got loads of respect for Glenn Jackson. Fair play to him. Jacked Absolutely. his career and he said, you know what, I'm still going to go around the world at the highest level being a ref instead. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is all about them. So leave them alone. What a thankless job it is. Yeah. Um, um, right. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was that. What have we got? Yeah. Too long Scarlet's. Gonna Saris. Yeah, Saris. I mean, can we sort of sail though? Can we talk about how shit sail were? They looked like 15 Arwell Thomases on defence. <laughs> they, they were like were, that the other week and, as well. They yeah, against Wasp last Thomases week. It was, Matchbox it was... 20 on attack. Bank of Ireland is looking out for your financial well-being. They want to help protect you from fraud. So whether it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or even just plain old Tuesday, be careful online. Don't assume that every text message or email you get claiming to be from a bank, a delivery service, or any company is legit. And remember, Bank of Ireland will never send you a text message or an email with a link asking for your full 365 PIN number or one-time passcodes, so don't give them out. Search Bank of Ireland Security, and together this Christmas, we won't let the fraudsters win. Begin. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. ACAST recommends... Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. It was absolutely... I mean, sh- it was... Against Wasp of the Week, they were like that. I thought I was watching just, Bristol, but it was it was awful. Yeah, Sarries are good enough without you making it look that fucking easy. Some of the oh, it was awful. I think they've um, all, I think they've given up on their season sale. You know, I think they I sort think of have. Done it already. Steve Diamond's got some. You wonder, you know, they were criticising Danny Cipriani for going, but it's no fucking wonder that he left. If this, there's rumours, you know, according to the Egg Chasers podcast, that George Ford's going there, isn't there? Because they've got an inside track on these things, apparently. And they generally saying, do, especially yeah. And I mean, why not? Why not? And then there's the rumours going to Wasps because they obviously need another. Little yeah. creative person in midfield, don't they? That's what that. That's what that, Where's Danny Cipriani going then? And then and Kyle Eastman, of course. Loads of little tiny people. Yeah, they just creative, want nothing tiny but tiny little rugby midgets, and that's fine. I mean, it's the exact antithesis of what Die Young is, which is funny. Yes, but he had a magnificent look on his face when when Beale went off. Because <laughs> Stuart Barnes says, as he went off, Stuart Barnes said, "Oh, Die Young's very disappointed." There, he's like, "How the yeah. fuck can you tell?" Yeah. <laughs> he looks seven. That could be his comms face for all you know. Ten minutes ago, <laughs> um, I also liked this weekend. Um, Montpellier somehow recorded a bonus point win over Cast despite playing sixty minutes with fourteen men, and they were down when they went off as well. When yeah, he, I didn't they see lost that game, the man, no and idea. somehow won like thirty something eight. Who's that? Montpellier. Being... Yes, thirty-two fourteen. They won. Yeah. Yeah, and they. I think they were eight nil down when they were reduced to. 14 men for the rest of the game and Exeter Bordeaux was horrible, a... horrible, nasty bastards who mauled their way to a bonus point and you've got to give it to them. Exeter Bordeaux was a blinder, wasn't it? 
Oh, that was a bad game. I mean, uh, there's a reason that Gareth Steenson, Nigel Owens thing has gone viral. It's because it's the only fucking thing that came out of that game. That's probably why Nigel did it, wasn't it? Oh, this game's fucking shit. Right, I'm going to pretend not to know one of the players. (laughs) (laughs) He's basically just trying to keep it interesting for himself. Oh, people... Did did he just not through the fog? Did he he get closer and it was like, oh, shit, no, it's you. (laughs) Sorry, mate. From over there, I thought I'd never met you before. Um, and Bristol won their second game of the season, uh, battering Poe. Problem yes. is that, just like Bristol's other win this season, it's done absolutely fuck all to help their current situation by God not being... God bless them. Yeah. They, I mean, it's nice for the fans that they've beaten the French team by 40-something points, but they're still going to get relegated to shit. Yes, they are. Right. Of course, there is one result that we haven't talked about this weekend. That's true. We need to step away from the Champions Cup just for a, a brief a brief sojourn mm-hmm. into the Challenge Cup. And why would we need to do that, Josh? Well, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and it's actually happened. Yes. Yes. A year of shitwatch being passed around the Pro 12 like a flaming bag of dog turd for one week at least. The Cuthbert Police on Cuff is on its way to Farley House, where I see Malibu is going to put it in a really nice bathroom somewhere. <laughs> and um, it, it was, and the performance by Bath was absolutely, absolutely. truly warranting really? of the like, shit was was trophy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a decent Bath team. Yeah, conditions were bad, but it was really easy for Cardiff in the end. Like I know they were missing Starman Alibrew, so obviously that was a well, big big loss for them. He is the linchpin of the side now. Any, posi- any position across the backs. But it's I mean it's even more fitting really that the nail was put in the coffin thanks to a really good individual try from the man himself, Alex Cuthbert. It was. As well. It was absolutely. <laughs> Cuthbert so had a beautiful individual try, and fucking Shingler looked brilliant. What's that all about? <laughs> It was such a weird... These are the sort of weird games that, that the Cuthbert Police on Cup throws up, you know? And I mean, yes, okay, Cardiff have to go to Bath next weekend. Oh, please, at the rec, please, please, please let them beat Bath again. Nobody oh, cares oh. about a Challenge Cup, Bath. Just let them no. win it so we can keep it interested. I'm going to drive up to Farley House tomorrow and I'm going to just say, listen, Todd, this... Challenge. I oh, yeah. It's local to you now. You could go and see it. You could present them with it. <laughs> Do you know what? I I walk past a dreadful sort of keys slash trophies slash uh, they sell Henry Hoover's shop in Bath. <laughs> yeah, those shops you think, how do you still exist in the internet yes, age? <laughs> because you sell everything and nothing. <laughs> um, and they've got a, a selection of dreadful 1980s sports trophies in the window just waiting to be engraved and the number of times I've walked past it and thought I could write Cuthbert Police on Cup on that (laughs) and now Um, you see you don't have to go to Italy to take it over there or get involved in UPS International Post I literally need to walk over to the wreck that's five minutes from my office and hand it straight to Todd Blackadder who would look at me in a very confused Kiwi manner you could do it knock and run style you could, could put it down, knock, and then leg it, and then basically leave I it there for it to find. I could put it in a brown paper bag, set it on fire, and then leave it as. <laughs> so yes, it is yeah. hashtag bath shit watch, ladies and gentlemen. If and I mean, please, uh, we, I don't like to be. We don't like to be partisan with these things, but please, Cardiff, please. 
please, please <laughs> yeah. beat Bath again next weekend. And then we can yeah. have it bouncing around the Premiership until God knows when, and that'll be absolutely amazing. <laughs> and then, of course, it opens up. You know, you now that it's, now that it's actually with a half decent team, if it can just stay with Bath for one more week, then all of a sudden anything can happen. Bath beat fucking Saracens two weeks ago. Let's you know. Now come on, you're being ridiculous now. I am, but how wonderful would that be? It would be. Sarri's shit watch. Oh, <laughs> that was. I think we'd have to just finish it there and then. It couldn't. I think that would be. Would. I think we'd, we'd have to find another shit team. We'd find Zebra, let's be honest. Or um, Bristol. Yeah. Or Bristol, yeah. Um, but what but a yeah, trip it's been on. Be we did say yeah. we didn't know where this was going to end up and what a trip it's been on. So watch this space. Please, Cardiff, please. Do it for us. We are all blues next week, ladies and gentlemen. Even you, Josh. <laughs> even even, I, even those I'm angry rude. people from the Valley who think they have a team of their own have to support Cardiff <laughs> next, next week. That's how important this is. Fans, get behind the blues next week. I'm going to go to all their ones on Twitter who have like 27,000 interaction rows about the same thing every week and demand they support the blues next week. I'll right. see how that ends for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to get set a new account up. Yeah, the... Um, <laughs> So there you go, bad shit watch. While yeah. we're on wonderful things, yes. shall, shall we talk about the Sunwolves new promotional video? Oh my God. Now, firstly, very sad about this because mm. the Sunwolves released yeah. their new serious. jerseys. Let's be serious for a minute. Yeah. Yes. They released their new jerseys today and, well, it's just it's very disappointing. There's no sublimated, slavering, psychotic wolf anywhere on the shirt. No. It's just a plain red shirt with white sleeves. It's perfectly nice. Yeah. Japanese shirts tend to be, don't they? But, you know, yeah. yeah. They they set themselves a high bar last year of batshit insanery. Yeah. If anything, it should have gone further. Exactly. I was was really excited to see just how fucking mad they'd go this year. But instead, they sort of went conservative with the shirt and sort of devoted all of their madness to the marketing budget, I think. Yes. Because... So, let's talk you through this, shall we? I mean, where do we start? I mean, where do you start, right? There is... So they've released a promotional video, and I don't... How would you describe this promotional video, Lee? Well, for a start... <laughs> okay, without going into the obvious questionable mental health references... <laughs> it's done by a band called Man With A Mission. Yes. That's the first thing, right? Uh-huh. And what we've discovered since then... Yes. And get let me, t- Tell me if I'm right on this one. Is that Man With A Mission are a set of anthrop- they're an anthropomorphic rock band in that they have yes. wolf heads. They are. Basically, what Sunwolves... We all remember the Sunwolves mascot, right? Yes, Rapey Which Wolf. Rapey, t- terrifying rapey wolf with human hands. <laughs> now, it turns out that that w- they were nicking someone else's shtick because Man with a Mission, who've been around since like 2010, which vastly predates the Sun Wars, are a five-piece middle-of-the-road Japanese rock band, um, and their shtick is they just have weird fucking psychotic looking wolf heads and ordinary human hands. Yeah, they're like so, they're like Slipknot, 
but all wolves. But all wolves, yeah, and no boiler suits. Although they do sort of wear, instead of wearing boiler suits, they sort of seem to wear like uh, black zip-up fleeces, which is which is I mean, mundane, bit... but also insane. <laughs> I mean, it works. How is that simultaneously that? But it is. So yeah. So so in in what could only be described as a perfect bit of branding synergy, um, Man with a Mission have recorded a song for uh the Sunwolves new season. Yeah. And it and then there's a video there's that a, is just there's a video. I mean, uh, of a I man dressed in a sort of white ripped fleecy what? furry pajamas what? number. Yeah, is he supposed to be a wolf, that guy? And he's running through the woods. And then he's kicking a, and then, then he's he, on the pitch they, playing they, rugby. He starts singing about kicking something and then shall I, he's shall I play the song? Gun. Yes, play the song. Play the damn song. This is ladies and gentlemen, this is Man with a Mission presenting their Summers video. It's about 90 seconds long. Well, you've got to bear with it, right? And, but please watch the video. This is like I, this is like the loop has come back again. But listen. <laughs> this is the man running through the woods now. Yeah, I like how it's quite moody, and I like there's a lot of delay on that snare as well. Nope, oh, there's some wolves running. He's kind of walking around the streets of Tokyo, and then yeah. he finds a rugby field. He's sort of sniffing as well. I find that odd. <laughs> like he's... And then he finds a rugby field and it's like, oh. Listen to this chorus, though. They switch languages. <laughs> I do like the middle eight. I like the middle eight. <laughs> I mean... Then he morphs into a Sunwolves player, a number of Sunwolves players, and a wolf. I don't. I, I don't know. It's just so weird. And why it's, is it in English and in Japanese? He's singing in part Japanese, part English, and sort of veering between the two. Apparently, it will, which I love. I mean, uh, my favourite thing I think about the whole Sunwolves thing, far more than anything they've done on the field, has just been the absolute car crash of rugby with everything that's fucking mental about japan yes and it's been glorious i love it yeah i mean let's be honest that shirt last year was enough to make them our favorite team for the rest of eternity absolutely now they've toned down the shirt this year which is has, has, has made me a bit fed up but then they come out with that yeah, they get a, a anthropomorphic wolf band to record a really weird fucking song for their jersey launch. Yeah, and then there's another video of said anthropomorphic wolf band in some wool shirts having a chat with each other. Yeah, for about so a minute. Weird. It's so weird. It is glorious in the extreme. So there you go. Something else to look forward to. When does the Super Rugby season start? Is it February? Ah, yeah, February. Around about, about that, the same yeah. time as Super League and Rugby League starts, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, so there you go. Yeah, so that was the Sunwolves video. We'll post a link to... Well, one of us will post a link to it. Me, probably. Um, yeah, probably, let's face it. 
yeah. <laughs> and then you retweet on the back of it like a fucking yes. stalker. And yeah. <laughs> say something say something sarcastic usually. Yeah. Um let's talk shit good ratings, shall yes. we? Yes. Um Where do you want to start? Well before we go on to it, let me just say that a few people last week were very complimentary about our interview with Tony Fretwell last week. They were, and I have to say, I know that obviously we are slightly biased in all this, but um, you know, I didn't know anything about Tony or anything of his ilk when uh, we started talking to him, and I found the whole thing fucking really interesting. It was quite interesting, and also, you know, it's nice to have, and a lot of people have said this, a non-chippy conversation about the two codes, <laughs> where it's it, actually it just a discussion about them. Yeah, and I think I think he's provided some genuine insight into stuff that I hadn't thought about before, um, which is always nice. Yes. So, he is from um, Yorkshire, though. So, you know. Yeah, well, nobody's perfect, are they? No. Um, so, there you go. So, goods. I'll start, good. off, with, I'll start off with a yes. good. <clears throat> Let's, you, mentioned him, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, mm. Maro Itoji. Yeah, I mean... You see what you've done? You see what you did? It's further proof that I'm somehow Itoji Kryptonite, isn't it? Because <laughs> yes. he was as good this week as he was shite and anonymous last week. Like... I mean, don't get me wrong, as we said, Sale could not have been more accommodating, but still. Now, the worrying thing is, for me especially, is that me and yourself, it's been confirmed this week, are going to watch England versus Italy. We are indeed. So you'll be in the ground probably when I imagine I told you we'll be playing. I can only I'm just so. thankful it's only Italy. The effect you're <laughs> yeah, going to have, you can have on a his performance. Game and you'll still win. We'll still win, it'll be fine. Yeah. He'll bring Tom Wood back on or something and put him in the second row because it won't matter. Uh, the so, so yeah. So you, basically, you you've either it's either the kryptonite factor or you angered him with all your talk of him playing poorly last week. <laughs> either or, I mean, the results have been fairly unequivocal, haven't they? They have. I mean, uh, other goods from my point of view, um, Sean Maitland, like quietly, like his move to Saris didn't make a lot of waves in the summer, but quietly, it's been a fantastic move for everybody. I think. Hmm. He's rediscovered a lot of what made him look very exciting when he came up from New Zealand and signed for Glasgow. And he really suits what Saris do on attack and defence, I think. You know, he's big, he's effective, he's not particularly tricksy or, you know, complicated. He's a very he just does good, what he's... solid player. He does what he's supposed he to can do. Be... He's, 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 a, he's a 7 out of 10 player. He is minimal. Uh, you know, he just gives you a seven a out of ten performance, basically. Uh, yeah. Twitter. Carrie got in touch on Twitter. Red Razors on Twitter. Thanks for getting in touch, Carrie. At Blood and Mud and at Josh Gardner. She got in touch with, and she said Paddy Jackson was good. We've already mentioned that. I thought he was very good, actually. Like, is it? Are we? Johnny Sexton is obviously a quality player, but he can't stay fit. Hmm. Are we starting? You know, is Paddy Jackson gonna? slowly start to become Ireland's number one fly-off? That is I, a question. Well, I don't think he'll ever replace Sexton in fit, but the issue is is no. that I suppose he's the number one choice when Sexton's not around, which makes him the number two, I suppose. But anyway, the point is yeah. that there was always... the. I think the main thing for Ireland, really, is there was always the terrifying worry that as soon as Sexton goes, whoever comes in well, is, we either, is, is, on, is on varying degrees of awful or questionable. Exactly. We had this conversation before the Ireland tour in the summer. You know, it's like yeah. they are. You know, there was a time when Ireland were a completely different team with Sexton than without. Whereas now, as we we just said in the autumn, there's not that 
drop-off yeah. anymore, and a lot of it's down to him. And Jackson's probably two best performances for Ireland were in the last six months. Yeah. And then you're getting these performances from Ulster as well. How old is he now, Jackson? Um, Mid-20s? Let me just check. He's, yeah. He looks 12. Yeah, he has got the toddler's face. I, mean, I was remarking yeah, on that after the he was interviewed. After He's even he got a kind is, of sort of bright and bubbly toddler's voice as well as he's he speaking. He's just 24 years old. Yeah, now you see, to be fair, that's that's nothing in the fly half. Absolutely not. Uh, he pool, could have it? another, you know, he could keep getting better easily for another three or four years. Yeah, he's in his prime at 28. And as well, because yeah. he's in that decision-making position, that's all about experience and confidence mm. and all that stuff. And, and Sexton's pushing 30 now, isn't he? So it's... Yeah, it got to be there or thereabouts. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, yes, thanks, Carrie. We agree. Paddy Jackson mm-hmm. was good this week. Um, we've spoken about him a little bit, but I'm just going to say it quickly. Charles Piertau, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> just behave. Um <laughs> yeah. I reckon him and uh, him and they told you should go and live on a yacht together. <laughs> they should. For the benefit of everyone else, let's just put them somewhere where they can't just make everyone else look bad. <laughs> yeah, uh Foynes M2 got in touch and said all the Munster players and the Munster coaches. Yes, we agree with that, as we've already said. Yeah. yeah. Um, um Rob Carney. Yeah, is yeah, it, no, you know, it two thousand nine again? Yeah. It's very like, odd, isn't it? Like Saint Shitness made any would have made anyone look good. Don't get me wrong, but, um, but he's looking for Ireland as well. In those, yeah, in the, in and the... he's, he's rolling back the years, man. Like he set up that first try with a lovely little angle and a nice pass. He won everything in the air. He was genuinely very good. I kind of felt like he'd had his day, really. Me too. And he he's, but, he'd look, he's looked ordinary for a couple of years. For a really. couple of years, but he's he's come back absolutely firing. He has come back absolutely um, firing. I mean, it's good to see that his brother's nowhere near the Ireland team. <laughs> he is. The, I mean, the baffled puffing Dave yeah, Carney. Let's. There was a time when there was one good Carney brother and one shit Carney brother, and then there was a time when there were two shit Carney brothers. So it's <laughs> nice to have balance restored again. Um, yeah. Speaking of people who look a bit strange, did you see the state mm. of Donico O'Callaghan on the touchline <laughs> before the Munster game? I didn't actually know. He's got really long hair now. Oh, no. He, somebody, said, somebody on Twitter said he looks a bit like Richard Keel with long hair. <laughs> Isn't he, I said he, look, he looks like a Frankenstein Mick Jagger, I thought. It's very strange. <laughs> Isn't he playing for uh, for Worcester these days? He is playing for Worcester. He has a, he has a lot of Twitter Oh, banter. my God. I just saw it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he looks he like look an like? inflated Michael Bolton. <laughs> Yeah, that's very good. Yes, he does like to play at Michael Wilson. Oh, Jesus. That's a bad look, man. No. No. Yes, yes. Please stop. When locks get ideas above their station, haircut-wise. <laughs> uh, right. Um, what else have I got in the good? The pen, Glasgow fan, very pleased with himself, I imagine, yes, going to touch I and said, he is. and made that point about the Pro, like you did before, about the Pro 12. Yeah. Pumping the rest of Europe. Well, and yeah, it's it's been. It's, I'm not gonna, you know, one swallow making summer and all that stuff. Let's not get carried away. But pretty good weekend for Pro 12, I thought. Have you got any more goods? I have indeed. Uh, friend of the pod. Are we allowed to say friend of the pod? Friends Ian Henderson. Talk- oh yes, absolutely. He's a great friend yeah. of the pod. He's a fellow Bruce Springsteen fan. Indeed. We're all Such friends, us people. Good player as well. Such a very Holy and doesn't shit. look like he should be one. I like no, people like that. I like you don't that look doesn't... like you should be good at any sport no, whatsoever. He looks he looks he's the opposite of a gym rat type looking 
bloke, isn't yeah. he? He's sort of... A little bit chubby in the jowl. Yeah. Very pale. He sort of looks, looks a bit like unhealthy. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, Lou Diaga doesn't look like he should be an athlete no. because he's got that sort of <laughs> yeah. rosy face. He's sort yeah. of got that. Yeah. He's never going to talk to us again after this. Now, no, he's he? not. No, but we love you. You're, we what's I mean, That's what's it's, great it's, about rugby union at the highest level. We were saying this yeah. to Tony Fretwell last week, you see. Different yeah. shapes and sizes can still be bloody brilliant because you need a giant nasty fucker to do a job exactly. that isn't running full pelt all the time. And that's and that's the thing. And but the fact that he's got the physicality to play second row, but then the athleticism to slot in at six like he did at the weekend and be brilliant is such a fucking asset as well. well he does like, want to get back to number eight. Remember he said to us, "That's his yeah, long term plan. He's getting back. back to number eight. <laughs> well, he's can't last forever. No." Although arguably CJ Stander's probably going to take that over then. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah. Stander, Schmander. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, he brilliant. Was a massive part. He scored a, a fair play. Scored a, a very nice try as well. I mean, just by mainly standing there. But any more good? Um, Tommy Taylor. Um, uh, how many tidy hookers? It's very. It's good timing for an England hooker to start looking good. I mm. think. And uh, yeah, I thought he was really, really good. Really dynamic, really powerful. His work over the ball is excellent. Um, yeah, how many good hookers do England need? To go back to this hooker question, which we didn't quite touch on before, mm. this could could this be a godsend for England? I law of unintended consequences in that Jamie George is probably playing better than him, better than him anyway. Yes, and I think Mark McCall said at the weekend it's only been a matter of time before I've... this was going to happen anyway. Owen Farrell gets given the captaincy. Yep. Which I think will sort out some of his massive Mardi face meltdown problems in the middle of games. He, <laughs> at he least won't he'll be have to... an excuse to moan at the ref then. Yeah, and actually he probably won't do what he's did because and I suppose it's it's been hard to think of how the transition of captain will be managed and now there's no choice, so it might just have to happen no. anyway. And you you'll you'll you'd arguably weaken the captaincy a little bit, perhaps, but you'll strengthen it... the hooking position and I can't I'm not really that worried. No, I I mean, when Hartley was made captain, I was annoyed because I was firmly in the Jamie George should start for England. And he's camp. a shit out camp. <laughs> and well, there was that. But also just I think Jamie George is a better player than him, a much better player than him. And he's a you know, he's gonna be England's hooker for the next ten years. Hmm. So yeah, why not get him in there now? Despite he, he the is... fact that his head, body, leg, and arm ratio is all to cock. <laughs> it's all to cock. All it's to all cock. The place. <laughs> and yet, he doesn't let it hold him back. No. Anyway, so there we go. Slight sidebar into England again, but go on. Any more on goods? We move on to shit. Uh, no, I'm done for goods. Shall we move on to uh, shit? Let's move where on to I have shit. A lot. Rugby Goat got in touch on Twitter <laughs> saying Good. that shit. Thank you, Rugby Goat. The first time he's an actual goat that likes rugby. He had a picture of a goat, so he could be. He could I mean, be. I'm not discounting it. Is he that it. goat that runs out before Wales at the start? Is he the regimental goat? Well, Alex Cuthbert, you mean? No. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, he could be. He is a goat, <laughs> and he says Rugby Goat. Anyway, yeah. thanks for getting in touch. I think I've, we've. Not, I think this might be a first time contributor from you. So thanks very much. He got in touch at Blood and Mud, or it could have been she actually. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl goat, but thank you yes. for getting in touch. <laughs> Because that's what they call boy goat, boy goat, girl goat, isn't it? That's yes, fucking that is David Attenborough here, Planet Earth Two. But at the uh, anyway, he says shit is Sean O'Brien for deviously waiting for Hartley to swing before diving headfirst at his fist. <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, I obviously don't think he's being serious, but it's a very funny way of putting it. Yes, it's great. I mean, yeah. 
that, what have you that got? Awful, awful Sean O'Brien. Awful Sean I mean, O'Brien for nutting yes. poor angelic changed Dylan right, Hartley's right in the arm. forearm and fist when all he was trying to do was tackle him in yeah, an extremely like, orthodox uh, manner. Perfectly, perfectly innocent tackle. Yes. Um, shit for me, uh, London Welsh and all of that shit. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, as a Welshman, it's hard not to get very nostalgic about London Welsh. Yes. And they're such a historic club. They've got such an important place in Welsh rugby folklore. So seeing the absolutely desperate situation that they're in now is it's just very very sad indeed they to do be honest. they do literally play in a park though that's not a good business model no well when you've got a 1.5 million pound a year wage bill and you're getting 400 people through the door every week that's not good is it yeah i mean there's, there's and they're still ma- paying off piddy weepoo's domino's pizza yeah. tab aren't they that can't be <laughs> yeah i'm not good at maths but i don't think those sums add up <laughs> it depends how much you're charging for a ticket yeah. but yeah well, i can see what you're coming mine from said, went to see them earlier on this season and they were charging um 15 pound a ticket when in his words you could just watch the game from over the other side of the road <laughs> That's exactly true. You <laughs> literally stand just in the park not in the ground and see it yeah yeah uh but i mean there, there are serious questions to be asked about the people who've been running the club and the way it's been run in the last couple of years, I think. But regardless of all that, I, I really hope they seem to have gotten a reprieve today from to, to January. And I really hope that in one way or another, they survive because it would just be a crying shame mm. if if they went to the wall. It would. Watch this space. I'm not very hopeful, I'll be honest. No, neither am I. It's all looking a bit bleak, isn't it? Um, other shits for me. Uh, ben Youngs. <laughs> yeah, yes. He said some very nice things about Ben Youngs in the last I couple of I wrote a very nice column about Ben Youngs you last week. I read it. A very read nice a lot of it. Thank you for reading my things. Yeah, and uh, but yes, he demonstrated on Saturday that when he's not playing by a dominant pack, uh, all of those bad habits will just come out again. Like, yeah, He was loose, he was ponderous, his kicking was fucking awful. Um, he was 2015 Ben Youngs again, basically, but with a slightly more flat stomach. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, to be fair he to did, him, yeah, he was, he was, he was, you know, time. it was a bit like playing among a, a bunch of drunk chimpanzees for most of the game. But yeah, he's a, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Part of, you know, part of being a scrum off is 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 knowing sometimes that you're gonna have to play behind a pack that isn't, you know, absolutely dominant, and you've got to learn to. Sort of work with that a little bit. I felt and... very, very sorry for uh, George, the young Leicester fullback. Yes. He was having all manner of fucking nightmares, <laughs> oh, wasn't he? Well, they basically looked. Munster looked at the team sheet and just went right. Him. <laughs> See that man there? He's kicking the ball to ruin. him. <laughs> at half time, I notice a few yeah. of you aren't kicking the ball to the fullback. Can you please yes. correct that? Basically, he's only ran and turned and had to run back over his own shoulder seven thousand times. <laughs> Let's see if we can't work. And on actually, that. He, he's not—he really isn't a bad player, and he's no, only very young. And that's it was, as a European debut. That is an absolute nightmare, and I really oh, feel oh, for him. I did, I did feel for him massively. So, I um, went to—I went to the Challenge Cup final when I was a kid in nineteen eighty-nine. It was Wigan versus St Helens, and Wigan won twenty-nine nil. Ouch! Yeah, and the fullback for St Helens that day, I think from memory, was do you remember Gary Connolly? Vaguely, yeah. Who played for Bath or Harlequins for a little while? Mm. Brilliant centre, played for Great Britain and everything. 
he was playing fullback and he had a fucking nightmare. He was 19 <laughs> years old, I think, or 18 years old. And he went on to have a brilliant career. So that mm. let, let that be a signal lesson to you, young Leicester fullback George. You will be, or is it Matt George? Is it? I can't remember. Is there? Anyway, yes. Yep. There was M- many my, uh... better days to come, we hope. Yes. You'd hope so for his sake, wouldn't you? Uh, any more shit? Oh, yes. I've got strap in. I've got lots. Um, quick shit. Scott Williams, cracking player. But when you make 2016 Matthew Bastro look like 2005 Brian O'Driscoll, you've had a fucking mare, mate. I mean, Matthew Bastro, he is properly. He is the fat man in the pub. He's full on obese he's now. Prop- yeah, he's not even like, well, yeah, he like, you know, he's a bit curvy, look at him in profile, him. Yeah, he is properly. He basically looks like me at my man. worst. <laughs> it's, you know, that's not, and that's not a good look. He's like Oprah. <laughs> it's like the rugby Oprah. Basically. Yes. He's rugby Oprah, but with worse hair. Um, yes. Few people mentioned the hair. Actually, yes. <laughs> ev- the barbers of Toulon. Unless <laughs> unless Bastro, Nono and Nono and O'Connor all go to the same place, judging by their lids on Saturday, every hairdresser in that city is fucking robbing a living. Like they look like rejected lost boys from Hook. And I, don't, I don't understand the my um some lads I was at college with all went out one Wednesday afternoon because they were bored and got a Superman tattoo on their arms. I mean, there's there's issues. There's three, four three, sides three, issues. Three, there. These two are still some of my closest friends. Hello, if you're out there listening. <laughs> um, and they've all had them covered up since. You'd be surprised. <laughs> to, But, you know, they were like 19, 20 years old mm. and, you know, were knobs. And they'll be the first to admit that at the time, as we all were then. Yeah, and they went out and did it. Not professional sportsmen in the late 20s stroke, early 30s who go out and do something that ridiculous. But I suppose you do live in quite a juvenile atmosphere constantly yeah. as a professional sports person, don't you? I mean, in many ways, you've got to admire the barber who did that. Like, when somebody the size of Marnanu sits down in your chair, you've got well, some serious Well, you can only assume that's that exactly what he asked for. <laughs> yeah, because if it's not, I mean, that's not... That, that's not ending yeah, well, is it? Yeah, your life in your hands a little bit there, you? As he lifts his head up from reading OK yeah. Magazine. I'm done, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Double take the in the mirror, yes. <laughs> I want to see the back, because I'm running out um, the back of the shop. Speaking of which, actually, uh, Stuart McCloskey's fucking man bun is a spoken about before. It's already a disgrace, uh, but it's entered disgrace 2.0, hasn't it? I'm sure he's got highlights in it now, which just, oh, sort it out, son. Seriously. Cracking player, appalling haircut. No. No. Um, any more from the internet ether? From the internet ether. Vince Morgan, Vinny Mack, got in touch and said he's a big Leicester Tigers fan and he said shit with Leicester Tigers, obviously. Hashtag as, <laughs> as many points as a circle. <laughs> and ironically, of course, their score was a circle. Indeed. And Phelan got in touch, building on the racing issue that we got before. Crying Gull, his uh, Twitter handle is. Quite like that one. I think it's Phelan. I apologise if I pronounced that wrong. It's an Irish name, I think, and I think it's pronounced Phelan. I've done my best with it there. Um... He's got in touch at Blood and Mud and said shit was rassing for building a 32,000-seat stadium when they can't even fill a 14,000 one for a European game. <laughs> Which is absolutely yeah. bang on and fair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speculating to accumulate is one thing, but come on, guys. Well, see, rassing aren't really that big a club, are they? No, they're not. Not and... at all. They've just got a lot of mo- They've just got a big a bloke massing it, you know, waving his dick covered in Euro notes. Exactly, around. and... What's more, like Paris isn't isn't a rugby city that much, really. No. Not a club rugby city, you know. No. 
Well, they, and they, they all just decamp from down south for the international games, I think, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Um, speaking of French shit, um, I, I know this will pain you, and it pains me a little bit, well, but Morgan Parra, oh, no. the way he played in the last no. 20 minutes of that game against Ulster, he was no. a bag of shit. I, I don't. No. In fact, I won't believe it. No, you were <laughs> right. He was fucking awful. Yeah. It was for a man with 60-odd international caps. You'd expect him not to absolutely shit a brick when there's 10 minutes left in your score. He's, he's probably the greatest living Frenchman. Don't well, forget. Arguably, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's him or Eric Cantona, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, of his insouciant, languorous wonderfulness. And exactly. basically now and he's, he, he was awful. Yeah, instead, he was just completely fucking brainless. And then he had that awful, pointless kick out on the full that probably cost them the game to ice it. And it was just like, yeah, well, why did you do that? Why did you do any of that? The, the what I love about it is he would have just shrugged his shoulders and walked well, off. Well, that's basically what he did. <laughs> like, he, he puffed his cheeks out a little bit, he shrugged his shoulders, and he carried on. <laughs> and off he went. Um, are we gonna, I mean, Pascal Pape's got to go in shit, hasn't he? Of course, he? yeah. I mean, pass, let's let's run the stats down here. Pascal Pape is thirty-six years old. Yes, he's six foot five. He's nineteen stone, and he has been playing professional rugby for eighteen years. He's got sixty-five caps for France, and yet after all this time, all the violence that he's been subjected to in his career, and who's subjected thought, onto other people because he is a exactly, unit. Yeah, all of that. But who would have thought his Achilles heel was just a delicate tap on the cheek from a five foot eleven fly off come centre? Hey, to be fair to him, everyone's got a sweet spot somewhere. Exactly. You hit them in the sweet spot, they go down. <laughs> what was it Mike Tyson said? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> That's what happened to Pascal Pape. Yeah, Pascal pa- Pape had a plan until he got lightly caressed <laughs> on the cheek by a tiny man. It was the br- honestly. It was just the glorious Fuck. hands to the face. And, oh, and the thing is, so because because of the size of him, he could almost hear him go <laughs> as he fell over. <laughs> I mean, him throwing himself to the floor was more dangerous than anything <laughs> yeah. that Phil Burley did. Well, you'll put your back out there, Pascal. Calm down, oh, son. God, it was awful. Really, really awful. It was really awful. Anything else from you? Uh, Oh, yes. Uh, Raphael Ibanez. Um, thought, might remember as the former France hooker. He's now actually head coach of uh, Bordeaux Begler in right. France. Um, so you imagine he must have been very pleased watching his team win a dreadful game away to Exeter. Well, largely still, tough game to go and win. Fair play to yep, him. Largely as a result of them being very good in the scrum and, and being excellent in the forwards. At least I'm sure he was very pleased when he heard about it. Because he didn't actually go with his team on Sunday. Instead, he wasn't ill. He didn't have family commitments. He was doing punditry work for Toulon v Scarlets for French telly. I say it again. He is the head fucking coach of the team. You know, I mean... How has that happened? The level... I mean, the level of hard-facedness... I mean, I mean, how do you even? I mean, swing. never mind the fact. Should you do it? What? What part of you gets up in the morning and goes, "Yeah, I'll agree to do that." I'm supposed yeah. to be coaching I mean, the team that got, day. I've got a game on the same day in a different at the country, same time. But, but yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the sort of it's one step down from being three months late for work, basically. Yeah, like. Well, the cheek and the nerve can only come from somebody who has played a lot of international rugby and is incredibly full of himself. Can you imagine being the director as well of the club? Because I go, Raphael, that was out of order. He's just going to go, 
well, I don't give a shit what you're going to do about it. And, Nothing. Then, and then does that, <laughs> like, stare at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be hard to say no to Raphael when he asks for a personal day so that he can go and do a bit of freelancing, but yeah. still, He's a nasty on. bastard, wasn't he? He, been a... he wasn't as nasty as Olivier Azam. Remember him? He was oh, the archetypal horrible. He was part of Gloucester. He was part of that truly horrible, horrible Gloucester pack. Yes, that had him. That was, and who was that player they had in there? Who played? He was bald and he played second row, or he was a classic second row come blindside. Buxton. Oh but yes, he was Peter yes. Buxton. He was Peter massive Buxton. and yes. terrifying. Wasn't there also? Wasn't he in there with that also bald Welsh bloke, whose name? I can't remember. Will James. Will James. Now there's a how the hell did he get a cap nomination waiting to happen. <laughs> did we, Will did, J- we did. Did we do Will James? First, how do we get a cap? Uh, oh, we've forgotten now, yeah. Takes, takes Will back. James. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yes. Okay, so anyway, we digress. Let's uh, finish off, I think. Yes. We've reached to that point. Before we do, let's have one last mention for everyone's favourite friend and your favourite person in the world, Mr. Mike Phillips. <laughs> who tweeted on Sunday simply yeah. saying having a chilled Sunday with a couple of like pictures of like Christmas in front of his Christmas yeah. tree and it very was a, festive very festive and it was a picture of him with his legs crossed he'd taken a picture of himself so you could see his, he'd like taken a picture of his cross knees and he was holding a cup of coffee in his hand a cup of tea fair dues in yeah. a mug with his own name written on it with all his achievements all over it <laughs> That is just absolute classic, Mike Phillips. <laughs> that is that is classic. It's classic Mike Phillips for one. It's classic scrum half behaviour. I don't. But I and honestly don't he knows exactly what scrum half yeah. in the world that doesn't have a mug with their own face on it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is both why people hate and partly why I love Mike Phillips because. You cannot coach that level of staggering self-confidence and self-assurance. And, and I, I like the fact that he comes from a farming family. I'm sure the rest of his family are nothing like this. I bet they, no. they can't quite fathom him at all. Yeah. How are you that much of a prick? <laughs> I haven't got time to that much of a prick. I've got loads no. of bailing to do. <laughs> the sheep need bringing in. Yeah, no, it's... It's, I mean, this is not face it. The day after he decided to square up to a six foot five lock in in a game that he was getting absolutely battered in, and he'd only come on for ten minutes of, <laughs> and he decided that he was going to pick a fight with George Cruis. Now that's why I love Mike Phillips. I'm an and English person, get, right? And I love him. You don't get him, that yeah. without having your own mug with your personal accomplishments on he it. Probably you know? sat, he, room, he probably sat having a ruminate to himself on what a magnificent bit of shithousery he'd done towards George <laughs> Cruz while gazing upon his own, the mug with his own face, name and achievements on it. Yes. And for it's that, we will forever love you, Mike Phillips. really great, isn't it? It is. We've reached the end. We have indeed. It's another mammoth one. Thank you all for sticking Always. around. Thank you for staying with us. And we will be like back next week, like Josh, won't we? Probably will like <laughs> All right, mate. I'll speak to you all (laughs) soon. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.